0: Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot aith Now, here are the
1: Friars. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Become Fire podcast. I'm your host, Hello. Brother Elijah. Hello, Father. How are you? Good. Praise the Lord. Uh, we have with us, as you've heard, Father Anthony Tinker. I'm here. and we. Actually, have another wonderful guest.
0: This is exciting. This is what, what, not in a row, but this is three guests in the month of January. It's, it's kind I of feel very like exciting. something's happening here. Yeah, let people know. Please comment if you like the guests' routine. We'll keep it rolling. Yeah, and then
1: if you know anybody who'd be willing, or I mean, I guess willing to come on our <laughs> podcast, <laughs> yeah, <that's> all. <laughs> all it takes is willingness. <laughs> yes, but uh, with us today, we have a uh, Ryan Varet. So Ryan is—he's actually a friend of the community um actually through Father Athanasius initially, but we've been getting to know him more and more throughout this year. Uh, but Ryan actually, he's based down in Louisiana um, and he runs a, a marriage prep program called Witness to Love. And so uh, we thought that it'd be, it'd be really cool to have him uh, just on the show with us and we can uh, ask him a little bit about you know what he does and uh, also just you know ask him a, a couple of questions too about, um, probably later on in the show, just about marriage and, and family life, and I think because a lot of our viewers would...
0: Marriage is <laughs> brings us together here today.
1: That's, that's right, Father. That's why we're here today. Nice. And if you guess that movie, we will give you a prize to be determined. Yes, it might be a
0: spiritual prize of prayer, or but a, a prize is worth having.
1: Could be a high five. <laughs> Very possible. So, Ryan, um, welcome Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, uh, thank you for for dealing with all of our initial banter. I'm enjoying it so far. This is great. <laughs> this is great. You know? So, if you would, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, yeah. and then you know how you got started, uh, or how Witness to Love got started. Yeah.
2: And so, uh, we got into that. Again, my name is Ryan, and I'm um, married to my lovely bride, Mary Rose, mm. and we live in uh, outside of Lafayette, Louisiana. You said, and we have five children, and. Um, Oh, this is twelve. Youngest is two, and so we have a there are many opportunities for service in this yep, state of, yep. of life that we're in, and so. But it's uh, no, it's it's uh, it's a beautiful time. Witness to love is uh, is um, is we would say is, is more than a program. You know, if we could be a little bit yeah, snobby here, absolutely, we would say it's an ethos. It's an it's a it's a way of encountering Christ, you know, Jesus Christ through the preparation for the sacrament of holy matrimony. Um, and, uh, you know, and we live in a, a time where Catholics have been really super involved in formulating programs and, and ways to do things. And what we discovered was the, the great opportunity of evangelization yeah. that happens uh, within preparation of the sacrament of matrimony. And we wanted to, to, uh, to kind of seize the day, carpe diem on, on that. And so yeah. 10 years ago, uh, Marys and I were in a place uh, where we were, you know, volunteering in our own parish too, uh, and the outcomes were pretty bad, you know, when it comes to marriage prep in general, um, the divorce rate among Catholics in the first five years of marriage is around 24%. The cool. national divorce rate, just everybody lumped together is around 25, 26%. Mm. So even with sacramental Grace and sacramental efficacy and all of these, all, all the great work that's going in, um, something hasn't been really registering. So that really, that it, that knowledge and that insight and seeing that firsthand. And some people we knew, we knew we wanted to, to do something different. So what we, I think what we discovered or rediscovered is an, an early church model of, of preparation for for marriage uh, based upon really the experience of uh, St. Paul with this beautiful couple in the Acts of the Apostle Priscilla mm-hmm. and Aquila. So it's kind of a long story, but it's this catechumenate experience of marriage preparation that we're just very grateful to serve in.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know can you maybe you don't want to go into it but can you maybe explain mm. the the early church
2: model a little bit yeah, or so, how you kind of came upon that or yeah this early the how how we came upon it you know I think you know the in many in many, many ways the um uh, model of marriage preparation in the United States at least is has been a very catechetical intellectual model mm um and which is beautiful look we very much appreciate the the teachings of the church yeah. and the passing on of the faith uh obviously in revelation and scripture and and so it's just a wealth of information there but we know you know ultimately that that's you know our intellect is only one third of who we are it's yeah. and so if if when it comes to formation if we're only focused on, on one aspect of us you know this we're leaving kind of two-thirds of the person behind mm. and i think that's what happened in many this would have been so many divorces and uh, so many people, you know, not really having a marriage that they really thrive in. And so what we discovered, there was the value of relationships, the value of friendship, Hmm. um, the value, you know, the way that we first and foremost grow in the faith through relationships. And when it comes to like even evangelization, you know, to understand that Evangelization moves at the same pace as a relationship, and that's not something I think we understood well. Maybe in the early 2000s or so. Like, but but seeing and witness to love this early church model is really relevant today. When Saint Paul was meeting these couples, like in Rome or different places, you know, they were pagan couples coming from you know very you know probably hurt backgrounds. Mm very, probably much like the couples that uh, parishes encounter today. Um, and a lot of them were maybe not ready for St. Paul. They're not ready for that big <laughs> dose of like, you know, preaching. And so what I think he, you know, like this the passages where he talks about, you know, not everyone's ready for the, the steak, right? So yeah. they need to be a little bit kind of milk fed. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila were this early church model, and uh, we have a beautiful icon of them. We can share a picture of you of, with it, of, with you. Um, and they were going into the home of Priscilla and Aquila, and so they were really seeing Christian marriage hmm. being lived out uh, in a way that that was sort of, uh, I guess, a real world expression of the preaching and this new life being found in Christ through the example of this marriage. And so, and that's that's really what we tapped into. I think something so basic, something that's so in the Lord, and we know. And so the the name of this this this. Um, you know this way is called witness to love because we, we thought you know first and foremost it's the witness of love that is going to attract y- young people to marriage in the Lord again. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: Okay. Um. So, what do you find to be the biggest threat to marriage today, and why is it that this mm. companionship model you think is the right remedy to this, pro- the problems that were that are leading to divorce yeah. early in marriage?
2: Good question. The I think many different, many different ways to look at this. I think so many young people today are coming from a place of isolation. Mm. And if I could be a little bit, um, you know, just sort of frank here, many of them are cohabitating, um, using contraception. Uh, they, uh, you know, pornography is not a big deal. This is in general young, many have met in bars, you know, or the alcohol. And so they kind of slide into marriage. They, they never really um, choose intellectually. I was talking about my experience of, of, of discerning and choosing and doing a novena to, you know, all these types of things proposed in, in our experience. But many people, um, they uh, there's a lack in our, I think, our culture today and, in, in, you know, outside of our experience but those who come into it, of really, like, choosing the Lord. You have to kind of commit to a new way. And I think that's the great opportunity within the sacrament of matrimony for the church is that, we can really invite, it's an amazing opportunity to really invite people back into, into the life of the church. But, but you yeah, have many people also coming from backgrounds where their parents are divorced. They don't really know people married in the Lord hmm. or delaying marriage. And there's just a lot of uh, uh, habits right? that kind of uh, make it difficult to like have that strength of consent. You know that's required that's ultimately going to bear you know bear fruit and you know the gift of life and children and those types of things and so um to really you know pope benedict talked about talked about this often um if you you know to be free total faithful and fruitful those those aspects to make a marriage you know come into play it takes a lot of the, the person's sort of readiness for that but that remote preparation has you know began really when they were infants you know and in the home so if their experience and then was not as formative as it should be for christian marriage there's a lot to kind of like to to, to uh, speak to i guess yeah. you know
1: yeah so if you were i mean I, th- I think it's really interesting um and i've seen some of those stats before with the divorce rates yeah um and we're talking about Again, you said, you know, the, the first five years for Catholics, and it's pretty similar to, you know, non-Catholics. It is.
2: It is. Yeah. It um, is. And it's, it, it, the reason why And this, we like, so I, I get kind of a little wonky into the data and stuff. I love that because yeah. I think, you know, really to get into the model of St. John Paul the we Desert as Like, let's really look at science and understand ourselves. But um, there used to be something called a seven-year itch. You ever heard of this? You know, no. yeah, yeah. Never heard, maybe the seven years is, is a term that people say, you know, within seven years of a marriage that people use, you know, they would, you know, it's a really like deciding moment. Mm. Um, interesting. A lot of, on average, most couples are cohabitating for two years. And so you add that to the five. Oh, okay. And so it becomes this, but there's something in us for many people that we were wired seven years into a relationship, into like a friendship. It becomes a deciding moment and that it really does happen in marriage that I think the first few years obviously is a beautiful kind of a honeymoon aspect. I mean, there's a lot of things that are new and, but as, as the reality in, in a good sense of kind of growing together and sharing a life, um, it becomes, you have to kind of keep, you know, deciding and that's a gift. That's how we're made to sort of recommit. Um, but I was saying this a lot that, that is a challenging thing if people, we're in such an isolated, kind of independent mind frame before getting into marriage.
1: Yeah, and so what would you say? Because I think, um, I think, you know, not only is it sad that yeah. anybody would get a divorce, but I think on top of it, the fact that Catholic couples are are getting divorced. It's just a really bad witness, yeah <laughs> right? sure, sure. Uh, to the world about the fact that, you know, the sacrament of marriage is, you know, given to us by the Lord to enable to strengthen us, to live that vocation out. But I think what happens is most of the time because of the world's perspective uh, on the church and not really understanding, you know, how the sacrament's supposed to work, and then not actually really understanding also that, you know, maybe, most, if not you know, at least some of these these marriages that are ending in divorce, they're not really living or taking advantage of the sacrament. Uh, they're not really living their faith in, in in the proper way, or maybe they're Catholic by name, but they're doing what you said. Maybe they still met in the bar; they didn't really yeah. develop the friendship. So, what would you say um, to a to a young Catholic couple um, who? Maybe they, you know, they are kind of nominally Catholic. They're mm. they're they're trying to live their faith, but they're not really, you know, taking it totally seriously yet. You know, but now it's time for marriage prep, so then maybe they're getting a little bit more serious about it. But they haven't really developed that friendship yet. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say as somebody yeah. who's done marriage prep and?
2: Yeah, no, I think g- great question, and and I I I would love. I want the narrative to be in this sort of this conversation, of a narrative. Of, of hope you yeah. know and yeah it's it's very easy to kind of focus on the st- statistical parts and uh what it seems many people are kind of set up for struggles but the reason i guess i'm so hopeful is that i've seen it over and over again god really for those for the many who are called to the covenant and the sacrament of matrimony that that god has planted into them this heart this this innate desire to want what's true, good, and beautiful mm. in this, in this context, in this relationship. And they, they're designed for that. We, we were, we were designed for the Lord and it's hard to really kind of put that fire out. Yeah. And so for a, a lot of couples who may be away from the Lord, but you know, there's something, something happening in their, in their situation and their life or their family where they're being brought back to the church, maybe somebody, you know, it could be somebody's just paying for it, yeah. you know? Um, but you don't have to discredit what the Holy Spirit can can be doing because we were designed for God. It wasn't; it's not just like super Catholics uh, that. But it's a it's a it's a, a way of becoming who we are. And I and I think what I would would want to share with uh, with other young couples is that a few things. First of all, really believing that in Christ Jesus, all can be made new, mm-hmm. and no matter what experience someone has had that uh that if they're if they've come in repentance and they come through you know they've been they've gone to confession and you know in a, in a state of grace i mean that god the the sky's the limit what god can do in their life and they can experience a joy yeah. uh that really uh is uh, despite it, an experience that they, they they've never seen because it's just a it's a total depth when God sort of brings that grace together in a couple's life. And I've seen that in the, in the, in the, the beautiful the gifts of marriage, but also, you know, so the, the challenges of, you know, of, uh, being attentive to, to, you know, someone who's sick and, yeah. uh, having a situation, you know, or, uh, you know, um, uh, emergency deliveries of a child and loss of a job and fatigue and, you know, sickness. And I mean, it's just these things, uh, but there's a, there's a, a grace I think that really I know that comes in that really strengthens the will. It, it 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 kind of creates a desire to be sober for the Lord and to be like present because in that is such an ushering in of joy mm. and a peace. And and despite whatever situation someone's had, I just to let them know that it, that is so possible. Um and and God really wants that for them. Yeah.
1: So you're looking at, you know, regardless who's coming in, yeah. you're looking at that 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 inborn desire, you know, that, that thing that the Lord put in their hearts, and you're trying to lay hold of that because we we're and really made just for guide Him. Them. we yeah. were
2: made, we were made for Him, and uh, I think, I think I've seen it over and over again that the grace of the sacraments, you know, is a renewing experience that they can always be tapped into, and it's beautiful, and it should be. It provides a hope, and like in, their, in the early church, when these couples were coming with a lot of stuff, and that. Really, I mean, what was going on in Rome? Yeah, and the, yep. the, the, and the civilization at that time. I mean, people. There was a lot of bad stuff going on. Yeah, and you know, but it can change.
0: Um, I'd like to go to the the opposite
2: yeah. kind of end of the
0: spectrum. If I'm not mistaken, the first, the most likely times to get divorced outside of uh, the first five years, the first kid. And then, when the last kid leaves for college, the first time you're empty nesters. And I want to move to the empty nester question, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, Because this is a big problem for a lot of people that the kids are now gone and kind of your whole life revolves on the kids. Maybe your kids are kind of keeping you together. And now you have to learn how to fall back in love, in a sense. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to renew that friendship. You have to learn how to develop um, a relationship together without like doing the sports games and the, you know, this, that, and the other. And for a lot of people, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. What recommendation might you have for a couple that's yeah. in that situation in <clears throat> life? Yeah, and, The kids and,
2: are and that's a real thing. It's so Yeah. I, I go I go back to not to kind of get too philosophical in this, but you know, I think about going back to the basic understanding of friendship, even as Aristotle and St. Thomas talk about, you know, there's this instrumental friendship, you know, then there's the, you know, the friendship of kind of a meaningful friendship, and then there's the virtue-based friendship, you know, this like ag- agape. Um Reason why I'm saying all that because, like, our experience, mirrors and I, is that we had we had that we were given a grace to really develop a friendship early on into kind of a shared vision of life. And when that that time does, you know, come for many couples where their children are out and they they find themselves kind of a little bit at, at a loss. I mean, it is it is it is a time to really, I think, to 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 huddle up and to to really talk about, you know, what you know, what, is, what is all this meant? What is this time of bringing these children together? You know, why are we together? And also remembering, you know, that it's not, um, when it becomes like disagreements, or something like that, or someone wants to do something different. What I've learned, and I've always expressed, and seeing this in many people is that it's not that I'm wrong, or Mary Rose is wrong, or that I'm right, or something like that. You know, ultimately, the bond, God has to be the victorious kind of aspect in this relationship. And he's calling us to kind of go through this, these seasons and those trends, those, those seasons, those are transitions, obviously are difficult, but it's, it's something that when I think many couples go through together, they enter to a more of a depth of a friendship in preparing to this kind of additional season, um, that you don't want to throw in the towel at that point. But it, 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 you, we do have to get back to some basic things about our friendship and what does it mean and kind of and that those aspects i've heard the other day that it takes around 200 hours um for for a, for a person for two people to become virtuous friends to become that agape mm-hmm. friendship like spending 200 hours together you know and so it's if. It, if that a person has grown apart in that in some way and gone back to a utilitarian or instrumental experience of friendship, or just, just and uh, focused on meaningful things, then obviously they have, they have to understand their psychology and kind of gear back towards that thing and working on things together. So obviously I don't have a lot. I can kind of share this point from my own experience, but you know, practically speaking, it's getting back to a very human thing. Yeah. Hope that makes sense.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, it does. Um, and I think, I think what comes through a lot and I think this is really important I think for for anybody really at any stage of their marriage or even for for younger people who are considering marriage but you keep bringing up the friendship yeah. that aspect. And so has that I mean I, I'm assuming that the answer to this is going to be yes but maybe you can you know how has that friendship kind of perdured through your marriage and what does that look like or how does how has that evolved I mean even as you know, you first, you know, met your, your to be wife and yeah. and it was a, a friendship. And, but now, even now I would assume that she's your best friend or, you know, a, yeah. and what that kind of looks like. And
2: yeah, you know, it's, we pray together every morning. We we, we, uh, usually sometimes between four thirty and five up and <laughs> drinking coffee and just, it's the only time to kind of be quiet because yeah. you know, by the time eight o'clock comes, we're just exhausted. You know, and sometimes I sit there and 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 really just see the expression of God's uh, the Lord's like his presence in my life through her mm-hmm. and her care for me and that kind of that tenderness you know and I think uh, that it's it's humbling to know like for, for most of us who are called to the sacrament of matrimony that that's the way God is like just is present to us and it's a great gift and it's we should approach it with kind of you know humility and gratitude um and it it is a a friendship i think and i love this quote from saint john of the cross you know he says love is repaid by love alone Hmm. um you know that that god has given us so much and what we give back is just that loving opportunity and and yes for sure you know that friendship has grown um to the point now it could i think we can um say things without even speaking you know and (laughs) and knowing things and yeah it's um (laughs) It's, uh, it's a it's remarkable thing that I didn't understand when I first got married, you know, 13 years ago. But yeah. I understand a lot better now. That's beautiful. And
1: so maybe now, you know, as a father, yeah, you know, um, you said your your oldest is 12? 12. Well, yeah. Okay. So maybe the day is going to come when you know your sons and daughters they they start dating. Yes. And uh, what would you say? You know, I don't know that we have any any very young people listening to our podcast, but you know, how would you counsel maybe younger parents, you yeah. know, with how to approach dating with their kids? Good question.
2: Yeah. You know, um, dating, as I said, I think I shared with you guys earlier, uh, mirrors said she wasn't really a big fan of dating. You know, in many ways, yeah. dating kind of just you know, only almost kind of you to break up well, you know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> because, but, you know, I, my, my own experience, you know, of, of, the gift to be able to be a father, uh, to have daughters that I love and care about a lot. uh, And and, and the the ability, the desire to kind of just want to pour out myself and be present to them as a father. And so that when they go into the world and are, if that's their vocation to be married, that they are, it's a positive experience because their self-worth, And as a child of, you know, of of God through through Mary Rose and I uh, gives them a confidence um, and not uh, some things I think we have to be really attentive to in society today is, is ambivalent towards relationships or having anxiety about relationships, those kind of two dynamics, but have a really a strong, like ability to attach well. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I think we, we parent them uh, to, to really have trust and to build, to, uh, to be formed, uh, with, you know, clean of heart and mind and those types of things and have the right, you know, discussions we're getting to the point where, you know, getting into adolescence. And so, um, you know, we, we're talking about things that sound like theology of the body and, and, and just to be, be available, you know, that was very different than when I was raised and, and, and as a grace, but I think ultimately we uh we want to give to our children a space where they can enter into relationships and friendships with a health hmm. um and be kind of a solid person because this the pains these experiences many young people have today puts them in this place as i said they either anxious about things you know are reluctant or ambivalent and it just causes a lot of pro- problems later on yeah yeah so um, I know your kids might be a little young for this, but
0: do you have any kind of with your wife agreed on dating policies, like not allowed to date? Um, what if little Johnny comes and asks your daughter really, to homecoming? You know, and he <laughs> respond haven't, as a father. I mean, we haven't really
2: talked about it yet? But you know, I do think it's really sweet that my 12 year old will, you know, uh, I they go to this beautiful school, in Louisiana John Paul the Great Academy, and there's a lot of great kids, and K through 12, and it's about 500 kids in school, and these these older these graduates are starting to like marry each other and it's it's just it's oh, wow. a very unique community we've been blessed with that's very focused around christ and the blessed sacrament and mm-hmm. wonderful families and the friars will come spend some time time there but i see you know i see how she you know my oldest daughter and oh, she's not listening and no one knows her but you know she's <laughs> like she's oh like she's in sixth grade and this guy you know she says i these are the top three people when I would marry in class, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, she'll share things with just my wife out of modesty. And um, But I just think it's really sweet because, you know, God, you know, uh, God is has this very romantic, amazing side, you know, of yeah. the Lord and the way He's wants us to be espoused. And it's just a complete, you know, experience that... And, you know, I just... You know, we just pray and kind of walk walk together through those questions. So again, that it could be responded to with just an integrity and a health, and not a uh, you know not a um, unnecessary kind of insecurity that makes sense. So yeah, um, just getting in through together. I think that's the gift about parenting and marriage and company and mentoring and all these things. We have to do things together. I think you will, and you will. True friendship will always be. Most firmly established on the truth, hmm. on a truth about us and, and who we are and what we were designed for.
0: Praise God. Um, just to get back, because yeah, I know we're running low on time, it, it just real practical uh, for any engaged couples that are out there, if you give them three pieces of advice to an engaged couple yeah. right now, what, would, what three pieces of advice would you give them?
2: Yeah. Three things I would say is, um, now, and I'm going to just assume that the, the normal couples that, you know... Yeah,
0: normal, average Catholic couple going through average
2: yeah, so Catholic I'll, I'll preparation. Be pretty, I'll be pretty frank here. I would say uh, the first thing to do is that if you are cohabitating, living together, and you're preparing for the sacrament of matrimony, uh, you will be better prepared if uh, you can separate during this time. And that's a, a topic that is very uh, much of a challenge, for people to discuss, but I, I, I say that because you really, really want to work on and develop the gifts of friendship uh, that uh, in the other areas that are meaningful to you outside of the physical kind of sexual act of things. Um, so that would be sort of one thing. Yeah, the other thing to do is to, uh, to really to have um, an open conversation and this is a similar area and i'm not focused just on sexual act and things like that but have an open conversation on what the gift that gift means to you um i say that because uh that 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 conversation is often overlooked and it's not done well and if it's but if it's done well i it prevents a lot of kind of hard feelings mm. um and then the third thing would be um is to really uh I would say, discuss, and what is it about the sacrament of, about marriage that is calling each one of you to it? And just to say it out loud. I think a lot of a lot of times we just kind of go through a process and the steps and kind of sliding into decisions, but to like really share, why do you feel called to to do this? And uh, and because that could be really encouraging. It's good to hear each other say those things out loud.
1: That's yeah. right. thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Ryan. I wish we had more time. Yeah, <laughs> we we'll have Mary Rose on it one day. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. That'd you be get great. her angle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so at the end of the show, we just we ask uh, a question, and we just go around and we answer this question. Um, but for my question, uh, one saint who in particular has been very helpful to you uh, in the sacrament of marriage, and then for for father and myself. Maybe when you're prepping for marriage or, you know, just praying for somebody who's getting married, but.
2: Yeah. Well, or, uh, our, yeah, that's an easy question. Uh, our kind of family patrons and our couple, kind of as mirrors and I would be uh, St. Louis and Saints Zaley Martin, mm. the parents of St. Therese. Yeah. Um, my family is kind of a French heritage. And, uh, but also um, I think mirrors and I had both, Kind of discern really well, felt a calling to marriage at one time I had thought about the seminary, and she had thought actually the poor blairs, yeah, and you know and that wasn't obviously you know that was just kind of a part of the discernment, but you know the Lord brought us together um, and uh, and I think we really look at Louis and Zalie Martin because they they really just beautifully demonstrated what's possible in the, with the graces at the sacrament of matrimony hmm. and the gift of children. And I mean, the gift that they gave to the world through uh, this beautiful model of family life is yeah. just it's humbling. In fact, we were on uh, three years ago, uh, we were finishing a novena to St. Therese uh, in, in October, and it's really hard, you know, doing a novena with little kids. And, I, and the last day of the novena, I brought them to the Carmelite Chapel near our house. We have uh, some closer Carmelites. And I was trying to pray this novena prayer, and our kids are just all over the place. Everybody wants a snack. It's after school. (laughs) No one's kneeling. I'm like, this is crazy. The extern sister walks in, and she says, you guys, Happy Feast Day. She says, I have something for you. And so it was like what it is, and the kids are like running around. I mean, I think we finished the prayer, I think. And, you know, um, she comes back. She said, this is from Mother. And we open it up, and it was a first-class relic of Louis and Zélie Martin wow. that they had received from Rome and that wow. mother knew when she saw us there at the chapel. She wanted to give that to us for witness to wow. love. So we felt that they have been kind of a part of us. They reached out to us. And, yeah, In fact, awesome. this upcoming summer, we're supposed to be going to France if you know it all works out and uh, and go to Lisieux. Praise God. Oh, praise
0: God. Um. Well, for me, uh, Mary and Joseph, you know, mm. be primary, but uh, I think it's a really important question. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer it first. Louis and Elizabeth, yeah. They're the two patrons of the Third Order Regular, and both married, mm. um, and both uh, Louis a king and Elizabeth a queen, um, and uh, and just a great witness to the beauty of marriage. Mm. Uh, Elizabeth would um, her husband was a king, you know, and, and ruling and, and tired, and she would while he was reigning would go and like serve at, serve at hospitals and mm. go serve him. and then at night she would like hold his hand, and they'd fall asleep, but she'd pretend to fall asleep, then she'd wake up and like keep praying, yeah. and he would like want to stay up and pray with her. So he'd keep holding her hand. Yeah. Um, Ludwig, Louis and Elizabeth, they're not married together. They're two separate marriages, but her husband was named Ludwig. Louis the Ninth. Um, yeah, St. Louis. St. Yeah, Louis yeah. the is France, yeah. but Elizabeth's yeah. husband is named Ludwig. Yeah, he's a well. great saint. Yeah. So he had a lot of great saints. Um, but, but just say that not all saints are like Padre Pio and Mother Teresa. Yeah. Um, <clears> those are great saints, but there are a lot of married couples who are saints. Yeah. So even in marriage, you can be a saint.
1: Amen. Amen. Yeah, and I would say... Um, so just overall i think a good saint just for marriage just jump all the second has yeah. just been especially for me and even in my own discernment you know you, you know approaching vows this june um and i know that this is what i what i want to do but i think just for for cultivating in me a love of the the sacrament of marriage you mm. know that one day hopefully as a priest to be able to uh, minister to families, you know, and be a spiritual father. And just the way he's able to write about mm-hmm. what married love is and what family life is, I think he's been very influential for me and I think a great saint for us. Amen. So, amen.
0: So, please check out Witness to Love. Yeah. Uh, check out Ryan and Mary Rose's ministry. Uh, maybe you want your parish to check it out. Talk to your marriage coordinator and say, hey, what if we could do Witness yeah. to Love? And then also, um, look into helping with your parish marriage prep program. If you're out there and you've got a, a beautiful marriage and you're looking for what to do next, um, maybe the Lord's putting on your heart to go and help with marriage prep. I know Witness to Love, a big part of that is the mentorship program, yes. and having yep. good couples share with other couples, and every uh, parish needs that. Mm-hmm. So check out Witness to Love, look into it, look into your own marriage program, and help be a witness
2: to the great beauty and gift of marriage. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, Ryan, would you would you say a prayer for Sure.
2: Us? Yes. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen heavenly father we pray for an outpouring of the holy spirit to renew um, the experience of, of formation and preparation for the sacrament of matrimony we pray for the gift of all married couples who are listening right now the gift of our in you know, our parents and any healing or um, uh, kind of healing and the gifts of the holy spirit that we need at this moment that the lord would use us with those gifts uh, and we also pray for the next generation of marriages that our parishes and our communities desperately need to ask asked all through the prayers of all the angel saints, particularly Louis and Zalie Martin and St. Louis and St. Elizabeth. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become
0: Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith that's dot F-A-I-T-H the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to wwwbecomefirefaith give. That's becomefirefaith slash give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.